Our guest today is uh, T.J. Ryan. T.J. is the host of the podcast Out There, which you can find at outthere.podbean.com. He has had this show for uh, many years where he interviews psychics, mediums, UFO witnesses, and all things paranormal. In fact, he has had me on as a guest on this show a couple of times. And he has been a guest on We Are Not Alone way back in October of uh, 2009. And we have kept it, uh, in touch ever since. He has had uh, UAP sightings since childhood. But more recently, in, uh, in May of 2022, to be exact, uh, he had uh, another kind of sighting that raised my interest. He witnessed a passenger plane that appeared to be frozen in midair at a comparatively close proximity. Optical illusion, perhaps, but that wouldn't answer the question as to why there was, so, was no sound associated with the event or why so many others have uh, had similar experiences around the world. But before we get ahead of ourselves, allow me to welcome back to the show, Mr. T.J. Ryan. Hi, T.J. Well, thank you very much, Dave. Thanks for having me on again. Nice to, nice to see you and nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you again. Uh, can't can't see each other on the radio, but we can certainly talk. Eh? Well, I can see you through this interview, but you can't see me. So maybe you're uh, maybe you got the better of it, right? I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you have the you have the worst of it, given you can see me. <laughs> so anyway, go ahead. Okay, so tell us about your show out there. How long how long have you had that? I started doing the podcast, I believe, in 2007 or 2008, and it was based, like you, Dave, or David. Which would you like, Dave? You like Dave, Dave? that's fine. And so, I mean, we've been friends. We've joked around a lot over the years, but it's not like I don't know you. But like you, I had some experiences when I was younger that were unexplainable, and it kind of motivated me to seek answers and and in just about everything you know regardless of what the topic is I'm curious to no end and I like to hear people's stories and accounts and I just think there's so much out there and it just really fascinates me and excites me so I started doing a 2008 approximately out there podcast and it was really about the Bigfoots and <laughs> And the, you know the some of the things that people maybe aren't into, but UFOs and and just about any mystery it, there is. And then I also kind of got into the spiritual end of it as well because I, I think there's an answer for all of it. And you know, there's a bigger presence that probably is aware of all these things going on. So you know, some people call it metaphysical. I just tie it all together as hey, things I want to learn about. So that's where I'm at. Do you think there's a connection between, uh, say, UFOs and uh, and uh, the spirit realm and time travel or other dimensions, whatever? I think it's all part of God's universe, isn't it? And multiverses, if they exist, I mean, it's all part of creation. I mean, mm -hmm. they have to be from somewhere. So if, uh, you know, if I believe there's life on other planets, there's probably other dimensions where life exists. They're probably mm -hmm. visiting us through other dimensions. 
and some maybe from other planets. They found a way through wormholes to travel through space and bend it and get here. You saw the one in 1962. You said the smoke appeared in the sky and then it just popped out, right? Right. And that's like it was just yeah. like the sky was giving birth to to this uh, huge craft, is the way I put it. And so that seems like to me, without knowing for sure, but like something was going on to create that. Was that part of them bending the time and space? I mean, who knows? I'm just open to all possibilities. Uh, and I've talked to so many different people over the years about UFO encounters, and I'm sure you've talked to a bazillion people. None of them are quite the same, are they, Dave? Uh, they have one, I, sh I would say they have one underlying uh, uh, similarity, but uh, they're all different. They're all different in, in many ways, you know? And over the years, too, I've noticed how, like in the 50s, there were different craft that were reported, the egg-shaped landing crafts, and they came down right. with little pods, and then it made me wonder, are, were they just seeing things? Because those things aren't around anymore. At least you don't hear many stories about them. It's more about the triangles and maybe the cigar-shaped and these other ones. And so I'm thinking we've been visited by a lot of different beings. I can't believe these people were making it up back in the 50s, some of these good eyewitnesses. Maybe they saw some things differently. But it just seems like it's changed over the years. Yeah, well, you think uh, about our situation, our craft that, uh, you know, when, you know, Orville and uh, Wilbur first had their craft, looks a lot different, looks <laughs> a lot different than the uh, jets of today, huh? A little bit, a little bit different, yes. Might not be different. so comfy to ride in. <laughs> right. And even in different countries, we have different looking craft. Uh, and uh, so why not uh, different looking craft in over different over time spans from different uh, uh, planets or different dimensions, right? Exactly, and and they've evolved probably with some other crafts. So maybe that's the change, the reason for some of the change, and maybe we just have different races that came and haven't come back, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yet I think most of them have come back and visit you know mm -hmm. and i do believe that there are those out there the, the watchers as they call them that are kind of keeping an eye on us and making sure that uh the baddies don't uh take us over because i believe if, if the their purpose when i say they i don't know how many days there are but if their uh, purpose was to take us over we wouldn't be having this conversation right mm. So they're kind of protecting us, the watchers. I would think, yeah. Do you, don't you think there, there is an element, though, on the planet that could be influenced by the maybe the darker aliens, if you want to call them that? An element on this planet? Mm-hmm. Do you think there could be some behind the scenes that may not be connected to the good guys? Oh, very, very possible. Very possible. I would call them the government. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, somebody's listening. Uh, Ask me if I care. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me about, uh, tell us, I should say, my audience and I, 
mm-hmm. uh, about your first UFO sighting. You told us before, but remind us about that. I was eight years old, and I was supposed to be in bed when it got dark in the summer. We went up to our bedroom, lights out. Mom said we could stay up, and they were outside because it was so nice out. And we don't get many days like that in Upper Michigan, you know. And, It was nice at night where it wasn't super cold, and they were outside in the lawn chairs. My brother and I, we shared a bedroom, and out my window, I could look over the top of the kitchen, which was one story, and I could see them out in the yard, and I could see to the east, directly east, and I could see the skyline, and I could see the stars, and I liked looking at the stars when I was a kid a lot. We all did as a family, and as I looked out, I saw these lights that appeared to be on a very large craft because they were spaced out, but they were way on the tree line. And it was just barely above the trees and it moved extremely slowly across the tree line from north to south. And I alerted my parents and said, what is that? Did you see that? And they started walking as close as they could within our property to see if they could get a better view and they watched the lights for a period of time. Eventually out my window, I couldn't see them anymore, and eventually they were gone. And I believe it was three different lights that I saw on it. And I really felt if this is a plane, boy, that is the slowest moving plane I've ever, (laughs) but it it seemed like it was oval in appearance, but it was such a ways away, and it was, of course, it was dark. Uh, So it was hard to see that. But I really felt that it was my, my memory is pretty good at it, but maybe it's not quite as sharp as it was. And I believe it was an oval craft that slowly moved over the top of the trees. And I asked my mom the next day, well, what was that? She goes, well, I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but I'm not going to tell you right now. <laughs> so it's It'll like, scare you. <laughs> it's like, mom, why are you not doing that? And then the next one I saw was in 19, no, it was in 2007. I was traveling heading towards my house, and you know where I live because you've been out to that wonderful long drive from lower Michigan. and Oh, trees, nothing but trees. <laughs> and it's like I was getting to a town that's called Bark River. It's a small town. It's about 10 miles or so, maybe a dozen miles from Escanaba. Escanaba is right on Lake Michigan, so it's pretty much due east or due west. And as I was traveling west, I just happened to glance up in the sky, which is what I do. I'm always looking. You know, you got to be looking for these things. Mm-hmm. Of course, maintaining that you're keeping your eye on the road because that could be deadly, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've crashed a few vehicles that way. I'm just kidding. And so I'm looking <laughs> up to the, just above the tree line, and I see this. It's almost like an invisible craft. I don't know how to describe it. It's just the sun is getting to the point, and this has to be like, winter early winter when this when i saw this because the sun was at a very low point and it wasn't that late in the day and so it was kind of hard for me to see this thing but it was only when it turned a little bit that i saw a silver metallic reflection and it was only for a moment and then i keep driving and i followed this for several miles and then i'd say it's not there it's not there then i see it turn a little bit oh there it is and it was going the same direction as me and it was barely above the treetops and I was gaining on it. And by the time I got to the casino where you stayed, the Island Resort, you stayed at that place, correct, Dave? I visited, yes. 
And so when I got to there, that's when I eventually lost it. But I saw it one last time, and it's like it made a turn. And this time I saw it more clearly. And I couldn't tell if it was a wing shape, like a V shape, or if it was an oval. I just saw another reflection of silver metallic. And a friend of mine who used to be in the Air Force said, there's no way that commercial planes can be silver metallic. They outlawed that years ago. You might have seen them in movies and shows years ago, or people might even remember that, but they no longer are you allowed to have a silver metallic plane, as far as I know. Why is that? Why is that? Because you're going to blind somebody and you're going to cause them this. If you're going up in the sky and you both have silver metallic and you reflect on each other, could that cause an issue? Yeah. So that's what I understand of it. Now, I'm not an expert on that 100%, but I'm pretty sure that was not a plane because why could I not see it through that mm. whole period of time? So, you feel they have a, a way of cloaking their uh, their craft? I would think so, right? And you know, I think we both know Marilyn Rubin is who the yes. name that rings a bell. And I've interviewed her, and I'm sure you told me this as well. Is that they only allow themselves certain people to see them? So you could have a whole group of people looking up in the sky, and only one person or two people might see them. So not only can they cloak, but they can kind of put a suggestion in your brain where you don't even see them. And I think about an incident that happened maybe probably seven or eight years ago. My father-in-law, we were up at his cabin on Camp 7, which is it's uh, probably about 50 miles kind of to the northeast of where I'm talking from in Escanaba today. And it's just in the middle of nowhere, and there's a nice lake there, a nice lake. And we go up there and enjoy our summers up there. Well, he was kind of a non-believer in some of the things I would talk about. You know, he didn't really, I love it when the non-believers see things. And so <laughs> my wife Sandy and I were outside with Bob, my father-in-law, and he looks up in the sky and he goes, hey, Teach, do you see that? There's a craft moving to the right. It stopped and now it's going back to the left. Now, of course, I want to see these things, but I didn't see it at all and neither did Sandy. And so he swears by seeing this thing, and yet neither one of us. And so that could be, again, where somebody was switched on, as Marilyn would call it, and yeah. was able to see something where the others were not able to do that. Right. There's also a matter of uh, missing time. Have you ever experienced that? Only when I talk to you. I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I can't recall. Ever, have you ever felt that? Me, yes. So when you had that incident in 1962, you felt there was missing time attached to that? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I never felt that with anything that I can think of um, with the first UFO or the second UFO. It was just kind of like I was watching something. Mm -hmm. And even with the plane that I saw, everything just seemed like to slow down and went in slow motion. I don't know how I saw it that clearly because <laughs> it's like, I did the math on that, and we can get into that story unless you have some other questions. Yeah, no, I wanted to uh, to get into that now, but uh, I need to take a break to uh, remind my listeners that uh, you're listening to WHFR.FM, the station making waves. I'm David Twitchell, and this is uh, We Are Not Alone. And uh, we're talking to uh researcher and uh, host of out there, uh, Mr. T.J. Ryan. So, T.J., tell us about uh, 
this plane that you saw recently that appeared to be frozen in the sky. First, let me say sorry for not contacting you sooner on this. I didn't know if you would think it would be interesting enough to put on or just even talk about. I, I was wanted to contact you, and it's I've been so busy all summer long and fall, mm-hmm. and I barely have done any shows. Um, but you were on my mind, so just so you know, Dave. And I was heading home that day. It was probably like the very beginning of May. And, you know, the buds are not quite on the trees, which helps because that allowed me to see some things uh, that day that maybe I wouldn't see if the if the buds were on the trees. Because even this area that I got to where I eventually saw a clear opening, there's still a couple little trees there, which I've driven by in the summer, and I'm thinking, how did I see that so clearly? And now that it turned fall and winter, I go, oh, it's nice and clear through that spot. So I live mm. about maybe 15 minutes out of town, heading west, due west towards, uh, if you're heading towards Minnesota, from Michigan, Wisconsin to Minnesota, or upper Michigan. So you're heading due west, and I make this trek every day. I've been doing it for many years. We've been living out in that direction for about 22 years now. And I was getting to... There's, as I mentioned earlier, there's a town called Bark River, which is about 10 or 12 miles from Escanaba. The Island Resort Casino is another mile or so up the road, and I'm two more miles up the road from there. And then in between the Island Resort and Casino and my house, there are two county roads. There's a county road, I can't remember the name of it, and then there's County Road 551, and then there's D1, which is the one I live on. So as I got past the first county road, which I think is Hannibal Road, I didn't see anything there, but it was like another, maybe a mile or so apart, these roads. And when I got to 551, which runs north and south, I, I think it was at that spot, but maybe it was just a little further up that I spotted the nose of a plane and it was just right over the treetops, and it was off at a right 30-degree angle, I would guess. It was really close. I would say maybe a half mile. It's hard to tell, maybe a little further, but it was, it was big, and I thought, boy, that's going to hit the trees. What's wrong with this plane? I better, you know, what do you do at that point? So I thought, well, I'll keep driving, I mean, do I pull over? Well, if I pull over, maybe it's going to crash into me. You know, maybe it's coming mm-hmm. down. So maybe it's good to keep going. Was it pointed toward you? It was coming in at an angle towards me. Yes, like it was, like it was flying into towards Escanaba. So it looked like it was at a little bit of an angle, but it would have probably not hit me. It was the angle was just a little bit past me. So I drove for what I thought was another. I've timed this out many times going, and, and the quickest I feel between this, one of the spots I would have seen it in was another 13 seconds, maybe longer. So in 13 seconds, that plane was not gone. And when I got to this clearing, the only clearing that's there, I was able to look to my right, and I must have slowed down more than I realized because it's like everything froze. And as I glanced to the right, I saw the profile picture of this plane, and it was huge. I would say it was no more than a quarter mile. It, if you look at a, like in a small town where I'm at, city block, it's no more than two or three blocks away. It's that close. And it's like, like even being closer than when you're at the airport. 
seeing them. And I would say, if I had to estimate, it's not more than 200 feet off the ground. And what I also noticed, which is pretty amazing, is that the engines were in back by the tail. There probably was at least 40 to 50 seats. It's one of those kind of mid-sized passenger planes, the smaller passenger planes. It was all one color. I did not see any markings for any of the airlines or anything on there. Um, and I was able to take that all in in just like a, a second, you would think, right? Because how fast, mm. you know, even if I slowed down into the 40s, you know, I did the math on this, Dave, and, and I realized, okay, I'm traveling, let's say, an average speed of 60 miles an hour. Most of us around here are going to probably drive somewhere in there. The, the speed is about 55. Mm. So I will travel a mile a minute. So in 15 seconds, approximately, between me seeing it the first time, I'm traveling a quarter of a mile. Well, it was less, it was about a half a mile up the road. This plane, I looked at how fast jet engines can go. The slowest speed they can go is like 111 miles an hour. And I don't know if that's with everyone or just certain ones. So it's traveling twice as fast as me. So in 15 seconds, if it was a half mile away from me, it should have covered that distance and been way past me. And me going the opposite way, in 15 seconds, I cover a quarter of a mile. There's no way that plane should have been where I saw it. And furthermore, at the time when I saw it, I thought, like I was just lucky to see this plane. Well, that's, and it wasn't like it was crashing. It wasn't descending or ascending. It was just there, perfect picture, like almost perfectly aligned. And just sitting there for me to look at. And so when I, I drove a little further up because my turnoff is D1, that's the next road up. And I, for a moment, there's an old highway that goes parallel with the road I was just on, the highway. And I could have circled back up there and thought, maybe it's still there. I thought, no, I'm hungry. I'm going to go home. <laughs> what a great UFO investigator. I'm hungry. I'm going to go home and eat. And my wife yeah. is coming home and I gotta make, I'm going to make supper for her. So... The more I realized that there's no way I feel that that could have not, it had to be suspended and it had to be sitting there. So I called even the local airport and I got nothing. And I waited for the FAA to come out with some kind of report because there would be, wouldn't there, Dave? If, if there was a plane that's even flying low, right? When you say you got nothing when you called it, did you get no response? Or I got no. They... Res I got no response. Yeah, because they're a small airport; they're not always open. And I thought, do I want to keep calling them? Are they going to think I'm some kind of, you know, loony? <laughs> well, you, you called them around the time you saw this plane, right? Correct. And you say they're not always open, so they obviously weren't open at the time. And they're only open when planes are coming in. So was this a plane that was supposed to come here or was it going somewhere else? Well, if it was that low, how far away is the, is the uh, well, uh, like airport? Well, I'd live about, like I say, 15 miles. And this was in a fifth, within a half mile of, my, of where I live. So there's no way a plane should be that low flying, you know, Boy, you're coming in awful early to, to to lower the plane down. I don't think they'd the FAA would have been uh this would have been a major news story. And since I work in radio, 
and we have a news department. Nothing right. was covered in the news, and the FAA reports, you can read them, and there was nothing released by them. This would have been a major investigation. So even if it was coming uh, a landing at that airport comparatively near you, uh, which it wouldn't have been, uh, where was I going with this? It couldn't have been uh, landing there because nobody was there to receive it, correct? As far as I know. I mean, I don't have the flight record of what things were that day, so I don't know exactly 100%. I just tried to call out there, and I got a recording. And I know they're not always there, except for when the planes uh, show up. It's a very small airport. So okay. one more thing. I, I don't think I told you this. This kind of adds a little, makes it a little more interesting. And I don't know if it's connected. So I would get, I'm pretty sure the time of day was about 3.30 when I mm -hmm. spotted this plane. I talked about it with a lot of different people. Uh, about a week or so later, I had to go do some work in a town called Gwyn, which is approximately 45 to 50 miles due north of where I live, maybe a little bit northeast. And I was mentioning to a friend of mine, I said, yeah, I saw this plane about 3.30. He goes, you know what? This is really weird. He says, let me think. Oh, yeah, it's the same day, he said, at 3.15, I saw two black, totally black, unmarked helicopters flying side by side, really low over the treetops. And he wow. said, I was worried that their rotors were going to hit each other. And I really felt it was military because there were no markings. I've never seen them that close, he said, and I've never seen them that low. It's like, and he said they were heading towards Escanaba, which would have been in a southeast direction, like they were looking for something. Um. Correct me if I'm mistaken, but even even military has to have markings, at, uh, a tail marking on their, uh, a tail number on their craft. Am I correct? I do not know that, but I know in some, they're unmarked in some, I mean, it's, maybe they have a tail marking, but like you don't see it on the regular craft. You don't see markings from what I understand of that. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm not an expert by any means. But I just thought that was an incident, co incident coincidence. And then, you know, I, I did contact, because I thought, well, maybe it's kind of connected to a UFO. So I contacted William Konkoleski, who is mm -hmm. the MUFON director, who you know well, right? Oh, yeah. And I just wanted advice from him what I should do. I sent him an email, and then he was kind enough to respond back to me. He goes, he goes, well, it might be you might want to file a report. And I thought, well, I don't know if this is really, I guess it could be identified. But he started to, in the email, he told me about a couple of guys that he knew pretty well. They actually, I don't know if they still work for MUFON, but they did. So they seem like re reliable sources. And he said they were traveling somewhere downstate. And they looked up in the sky and they saw a plane suspended in air. And when they got out to look at it, they noticed that the lights, was it a red and yellow light on the plane? Is that what they have? A red and, uh, red, white, and green. They said the red and the green were in the long, long wings. If that's what, uh -huh. and so when they made that comment, the, the lights switched like, right like that. Wow. And so this is what led me to believe, like, hmm, you know, would they, would they, 
aliens cloak themselves as a plane, I guess anything's possible. Or is this some kind of government project? Or is this kind of like a time rip? Or a, the matrix is falling apart? <laughs> or yeah. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of- Yeah, that's, that's the, uh, <laughs> that's a theory that uh, we're living in uh, so what do you think? What would be your hunches on something like that? Yeah, I could not tell you. But I'll tell you what. Um, uh, there are many sightings of this type of thing. Now, to play devil's advocate here, I, I watched a, vid a video on uh, YouTube that gives an explanation of this phenomenon. And uh, I'll throw it out there for you. Long story short, uh, if you're in a moving vehicle, the aircraft and the aircraft is moving, but there is uh, some reference point between you and the air, aircraft that remains stationary, let's say a, a building or a clump of trees, these stationary objects are called resting points, which gives the plane the optical illusion of standing still in midair. So would you concede that this might account for the event, given you were you were not standing still at the time? I I mean, anything is possible. I'm not going to say, oh, no, but it's like I'm going the opposite way. This plane is really close to me. All I got to do is go down to the airport, and I can watch, and I'm stationary watching planes come in, and you mm -hmm. see how quickly they move when they start getting towards the ground. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to get a complete picture of them like they're frozen. And then you mentioned also... I mean, I'm within a few blocks of this thing. Where's the jet engines? I should have heard those loud and clear. Yeah, that was another question I was going to have for you. What did it sound like, if anything? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> and normally, I, when I drive home, and I can't say for sure that day, but normally I don't have my radio on because I, I like to just have a nice, quiet ride home. It's a good way to relax and clear my thoughts. So... Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that that thing was not moving mm. because of how clearly I saw it. Even if I were to do it now and I go by there every day and I slow down and I sometimes slow down to about 50 and I look over there, I'm thinking, boy, you got to be quick. You'd have to really catch it at just the right moment mm. if you're going to see it, the whole thing. And I was able to scan from nose to tail. And in that moment of scanning, it didn't move. And then next thing you know, you're past it. So the only way I would have really known for sure if I would have circled back, which my instinct was telling me to do, and mm. then we would have known for sure. I looked for any kind of reports on Facebook. I was tempted to put something out there, but I just don't want to bring that kind of attention to myself. So I just thought, I'll leave it be. And, and that's why you probably didn't see anything on Facebook, because anyone who saw that or... Uh, witness such a thing does not want to bring that attention to themselves yeah and you know, then that guy must be crazy you know well and then there's the uh you know what if that is something and then there's the old men in black factor <laughs> going through yeah. my, going through my mind i get some people saying you didn't see anything if you know what's <laughs> good for you yeah right <laughs> you didn't even see us and i'd say but you guys don't even appear human <laughs> never mind you didn't see anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that said, there are, there are many examples where a witness or a camera is standing still 
and the plane or <clears throat> flying birds have appeared to remain frozen frozen in midair. Have you, have you seen examples of that? Well, you sent me that one video that looked like it was maybe in another country where they were filming uh, a crow that was suspended in midair. And then, you know, you were the one that told me I should maybe check out paranormal caught on camera. And yeah. I've seen more than one experience uh, where they've shown planes that were suspended. They've shown a crow. This guy was just driving in his car. He gets out and he sees this crow stuck in air and he was filming it. And then another one was feeding a squirrel and the squirrel stopped moving and he's touching it and poking it and it's just like frozen. And then you, mm -hmm. I saw that one, I think a lot of us saw of those sheep that were just still, didn't move at all, right? On the hillside, yeah. Yeah. And then even the ones that went in a circle, what's going on? What kind of crazy things are going on? So I don't, is it connected to some kind of alien phenomena? Is it a natural thing? Are there places in the earth where you could be flying along and you just get stuck? <laughs> and then you have to wait. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to wait. And maybe this yeah. is something that, you know, maybe they know this in the military. They're just not going to tell us. I don't know. Right. Need to take uh, one more break to remind our listeners that uh, you're listening to WHFR.FM, the station making waves. And I'm David Twitchell. You're listening to We Are Not Alone. And we're speaking with a uh, researcher and uh, paranormal witness, actually, Mr. T.J. Ryan, as the uh, show uh, out there. And it's a podcast. So uh, I sent you, T.J., I sent you an uh, excerpt from my book, uh, The UFO Jesus Connection. Mm -hmm. Yep. Again, an example of uh, this this phenomenon we're talking about. You have that with you? I do not have that with me, but I know you were talking about was it Joseph that witnessed this people being suspended and things being suspended? Yeah. Now that was uh, in the in a apocryphal verse. It wasn't in the Bible. Okay. But uh, they pulled a lot of uh, verses out of the bible or never made it into the bible because uh i don't think the uh the church or the uh, romans wanted uh certain things to be put out to the public so uh uh if you don't have it right in front of you allow me to read that go ahead please okay Pro proto protovangelion is the name of the book protovangelion 13 one through ten and it states now this is what joseph uh mary is in in the in the stable and he he joseph went out to find a midwife okay and this is the quote but as i was going said joseph i looked up into the air and i saw the clouds astonished and the fowls of the air stopped in in the midst of their flight and I looked down toward the earth and I saw a table spread and uh, working people sitting around it. Uh, but their hands were upon the table and they did not move to eat. They had meat in their mouths and they did not eat. They lifted their hands up and uh, lifted their, their hands up to their heads, did not draw them back. 
and they who lifted them up to their mouths did not put anything in, but all their faces were fixed upward. And I beheld the sheep uh, dispersed, and yet the sheep stood still. And the shepherd lifted up his hand to smite them, and his hand continued up. And I looked onto the river and saw the kids with their mouths close to the water and touching it, but they did not drink. So that was uh, an apocryphal verse. Now, you can say, well, that wasn't in the Bible. Well, no, but it's still uh, uh, written back 2,000 years ago uh, as to what someone witnessed back then. You know? So it seems like it was uh, like a UFO activity, or if they're all looking at the sky. Well, what we consider today, see, this is what my book was all about. Too bad nobody wrote a book about that connection between the biblical times and, you know. Don't make me come over there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they, they saw things back then 2,000, 4,000 years ago that we're seeing today. And they wrote about what they didn't make a connection between extraterrestrial, other dimensional, uh, computer uh, glitch in the matrix. There's no connection like that. So they wrote about what they witnessed and what they witnessed. And then, of course, Linda Cortiel in uh, uh, the Brooklyn Bridge abduction, uh, uh, she was called under hypnosis, being taken uh, by three human-looking beings as a child, a uh, child of 10 or 11, while on a family outing to a swimming pool at Brooklyn's Coney Island. And uh, she had gone into the bathhouse to change into her uh, swimsuit when she was confronted by three male figures whose occasional presence uh, she had become accustomed to. And they simply told her, it's time to go. And after some uh, resistance on her part, she felt compelled to, to acquiesce. And the men, the men led her out of the bathhouse to the uh, waiting ship that hovered overhead. And as she walked past the swimming pool, she noticed an eerie silence. And many people were in and about the pool as she passed, but they were frozen in place. And the children in the pool, who had been splashing water on each other, were as mannequins frozen in position. Uh, big droplets of water remained suspended in, in midair above their heads. And people that they passed on their way were rooted in mid-stride, and it was like walking through a three-dimensional photograph. So that was from uh, Bud Hopkins' Witnessed. It was a good book, too. I like that. Very good book, yeah. I like book. So that, that's another example of uh, this type of phenomenon taking place. And uh, So you think that I, it, it could be a possibility of a UFO? It's, it's possible, uh, but like you stated in, in the beginning there, all these things are connected. Yeah. Is it, is it UFO? Is it other dimensional? Is it uh, uh, spiritual? Is it, and the answer is yes. <laughs> Could be several different things, and, and I don't want to single it out and just say it's this or that. You know, at first I was kind of exciting, hoping that, oh, maybe there's a UFO and maybe there was a ship above it that I didn't see because I didn't look up that high. Yeah. But 
maybe this was the actual UFO, or maybe it was just a plane, or maybe it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of those drones. As far as I know, the drones, they have the big nose, don't they? Because they have to get a radio, radio signal. Mm-hmm. The drones, yeah. yeah and then they usually, it. don't they also have like a propeller <laughs> behind a lot yeah. of the drones? And they, all, they also make a sound. Yeah, so this was, was a passenger plane, and I would say no more than a 50 or 60-seater at the most. And what it was doing there, that far off course, because there is another airport. I talked about my friend in Gwynn. Well, we also have Sawyer International Airport, and that's probably at least 50 miles to 55 miles, probably 50 miles, kind of at a northeast direction from me. So they would have been way off course. Uh, one of the theories I thought about is that this was a plane. We get a lot of planes from Canada. They come over. People, they, I see the flights. I look at the flight. You know, they can. You can go check out the flights over your area. We don't get mm-hmm. many, so I can see where these planes are coming from, and the bigger ones and whatever where they're going. So it's possible this could have been coming from Minneapolis, going down state or somewhere in Canada, maybe Detroit or even beyond that. And was it off course? And maybe that's possibly why the helicopters, if they're connected to this story, it was initially supposed to be going over the international airport in Sawyer. And yet, because that's close to Gwynn, where my friend saw the helicopters. But maybe that's why they were looking in that direction, because that's the last reported spot where this plane was. I don't know. It could be me. And yet, with with that plane be that low no it's not supposed to be that low but i'm just saying what if the what if the plane got hijacked by (laughs) some aliens and they moved it over here and now all of a sudden you know the the local airport sends out these helicopters to start looking for them to see if there's where this plane is and why it's missing and yet nothing makes the news and that to me is probably the most telling fact of what this is. Even if I was just watching this plane and it moved on me and I'm, I've got it wrong. Where is the report in the FAA and why is there not an investigation? Because this would be huge and the pilot would probably be in a, you know, unless there was something wrong with the plane, but the, the pilot could be in a lot of trouble. And one of my thoughts was, well, maybe it's a private plane and these people are flying under radar and they're very rich and they're wealthy and they're just goofing around. But again, it looked like a typical passenger plane. I don't know if somebody could take a private plane and do something like that, but you'd still be in a ton of trouble, I would think. Would a private plane be as large as as you have witnessed? I think that probably if you're very wealthy, maybe you'd have something like that. I don't know. (laughs) Well, it would seem that if you were very wealthy to afford a plane like that, You'd be able to afford a better pilot. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe Jim, he just... Jim, you know, are we landing in a field or what? <laughs> you know? What? Maybe they. Maybe the owner was like a Mister Howell, and let's just buzz those people down there. We'll go down there and scare the locals. And hey, that was fun. Let's go scare these other farmers. And you know, so so I had visions of that going through my head. I highly. I think that's not what it was. Highly unlikely that right. it was either, in my perception, a military plane that 
looks like a passenger plane that can hover, or it could have been a UFO that was cloaked, or some other phenomenon. You know, is it possible that maybe I was witnessing, one guy even suggested that, well, maybe you're looking at the past or the future. If something mm. that popped in that area for a moment, and then it's not there. Some people can, you know, will claim that that's a theory why people see these, like the Loch Ness Monster, is that they mm. kind of open this dimension, they pop in, and then nobody, you can send all these submarines down there and they can't find it. It's like it pops in and pops out. So, I mean, there's a lot of different theories that it could be, I guess. Well, I've, I've talked to uh, Stan Gordon about, uh, he's, he's really in, are you familiar with Stan Gordon? Yes, I am. I've yeah. interviewed him before. Matter of fact, I think you were the one that told me about him. So yeah. thank you. And uh, he's, he's into uh, Bigfoot. Right. And uh, way back when, uh, I, I wasn't into Bigfoot because I'm into UFOs and Bigfoot's uh, uh, cryptozoology and yada, yada. But now I'm beginning to believe that uh, Bigfoot and UFOs are, are all part and parcel of the same phenomenon. And uh, why don't we find deceased Bigfoot remains, you know? Uh but they have seen they have seen uh, Bigfoot in the vicinity, uh, in the proximity, I should say, of, of uh, UFOs in the past. Are they from other planets, other dimensions? Do they get out of the UFOs and get back into the UFOs and take off? And that's why we don't find any of them. Well, if they Let do, them. if they do, Dave, those aliens must have a really poor sense of smell. <laughs> to be riding in a UFO with a, with a Bigfoot. I have, I, I well, know. Well, maybe they're all Bigfoots in that particular UFO. Maybe you're right. Bigfoot doesn't strike me as somebody that would want to fly a UFO, but <laughs> it's certainly possible. There is a, a story that I know personally about, since you mentioned this subject, they're a, not far from my house, probably within five miles or less, there was a woman, a husband, her, her, her and her husband live on a road. It's county, it's county Road, I think, 557. And that's maybe a couple of roads up for me. And they live a ways down the road. And I was told by somebody that used to work for me when I had a DJ business, she said, oh, yeah, my good friend, her husband has been seeing Bigfoot. You should give her a call and maybe see if you can talk to her husband. So I called her up. And her husband was not available at the time. And I didn't want to keep bugging him. You know, if they don't want to talk, that's fine. He was a little reluctant because he didn't want, you know, people to make fun of him. But one, they were on native land. So there seems to be a lot of that that happens connected to natives. Uh, two, he would go out hunting and he loved to hunt. And nothing would keep him from hunting. And on his way out to his deer blind, he would see this big hairy type being and there were a bunch of strange lights around it. And there you his go. wife was telling me, you know, every so often somebody wants to go out to his hunting spot with him because it's such a good spot. And these people will go with him, a friend of his, and they will be out there for a matter of minutes, and then they'll see the hairy creature, and they'll see the lights, and they will run and never come back <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have cameras with them? Not that I know of. 
Uh, I only talked to her once, and I didn't want to keep. Uh, I think I tried calling a second time, but I didn't want to keep bothering them. He didn't. See, he seemed kind of reluctant to speak with me, so I just let it go at that. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because you hear these stories, and you know, I'm a, they're not documented, I guess, but it. You, word of mouth can tell you a lot about what's going on. I think that's kind of where I gained a lot of things. Yeah, I think that that is the best way. But you know, uh, you do need uh, some kind of uh, documentation, some kind of proof, and uh, even cameras, even pictures. Right. Uh, people, uh, if you want to be a skeptic, you can just say, "Oh, yeah, I can do that on my computer." You know, right? I could do that with Photoshop. Uh, well, even doubters are going to doubt. Okay. Well, even with the videos too, like the one you sent me, with the bird that was suspended mm-hmm. in sky, I started mm-hmm. thinking, who's the guy shooting this video, and yeah. why was he there the whole time, and why did it had it been me, I would have started walking closer because look at what the heck this is, you know. So that kind of made me think maybe that was set up. It's like the video takes a while before a van pulls up. And this bird, this crow is suspended in air and the guy gets out with like a broom or something and he tries to move it and the crow kind of falls and then it goes back up to the same spot. And whoever's filming this home time, this whole time is standing quite a ways away. And I thought, if that was me, wouldn't you have done that, Dave? You want to just stay to a ways away. I would have been getting as close as I could to get a good view of this thing. Yeah, then again, maybe the... A camera was stationary. Maybe, maybe it was set up on a tripod or something. That's possible. You don't, That's you don't possible. know. That's possible. But maybe it was set up on a tripod for a reason. <laughs> you know. Exactly. But I'll take more of somebody driving down the road, and even then they could edit it. Like the guy I saw on Paranormal, uh, a cut on camera, he sees this in the sky, so he pulls out his phone and he starts filming it, and then he stops his vehicle and gets out. And, again, anything could be faked. I mean, all of it could be faked. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned before, I forget now who it was. You said, um, saw something suspended as a bird with a plane or something suspended in uh, midair and they were standing still. Yes. The, you talk about the guys, uh, that know Bill Konkoleski, right? Right. The two guys that got out of their car, they were driving, they saw it, they got out and they noticed that it was still and when they commented on the lights being in the wrong place is when the lights switched right. like it could hear them which if it was if it's a alien or some kind of conscious being it it, it can it doesn't have to be within hearing range i believe right. they can hear our thoughts oh so, yeah the same with sasquatch people wonder well why can't i ever see a sasquatch well i'm going to go in the woods and and lay and wait for them well they know what you're thinking and I believe there's a connection to where they can pick up our thoughts and they can avoid us. The only ones they want, they let see them are the ones they choose to let see them from, from what I understand of that. So you see, so all there's these... another connection with, uh, the ones that we refer to as alien beings, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so you don't know, maybe they are alien beings, but, uh, these guys that were standing still, you know, even if even if this uh, video that I saw uh, on YouTube is correct and it was an optical illusion because you're traveling one way, the plane's traveling another, it, it looks like it's over a building, 
and uh, the plane rather is over a building. So uh, it appears to be standing still. Even if that were the case, these guys weren't traveling. <laughs> right. Were they? No. they were standing still. Exactly. And there, was, there are so many uh, witnesses where they're standing still or the camera's standing still, like the, in, in the case of the bird. And, uh, and, and it appears to be frozen in time. And I mentioned earlier uh, in this interview that uh, there are some people that say we're living in a computer simulation, and these are examples of a, a glitch in the matrix. So what would you say to that analogy? <sighs> I certainly am open to pretty much everything, as you probably know. And I think that's certainly a possibility. I see, you know, what we call the th third dimension. Mm -hmm. It's really all an illusion in a way, because this is, you know, I know you believe we go on. I know you believe in God. Um, mm -hmm. So in a way, this is not our real home. And if this is not our real home, then it, it kind of is like an illusion for us to to play in, to live in. So mm -hmm. if... Let's say we, the world is being controlled by other beings, and you said we have the watchers protecting us, but let's say the world has been controlled for a long time, then these ones that have controlled us are adding to that illusion, and there are things they don't want us to see. And so they have, in a way, programmed us. They program us, I think, with our televisions, with our music, with everything that is around us is there trying to keep us to believe what we what we think is reality and yet when you have an out-of-body experience like you told me you did right you know that there's more than what they tell us and that's not considered to be in most cases a real thing but both you and i have had those so we know that there's something more so once again i would say that these these ones that are trying to uh, convince us through our TV shows, our movies, and uh, control our minds, it's the government. <laughs> and who's the government aligned with? I would say extraterrestrial. So you have one and maybe some that are good and some that are kind of the yin and yang of the universe, right? Right. But I don't know as if it's uh, the computer... Uh, computer wizards uh, in which we're in their simulation. I personally, I don't buy that computer simulation analogy, but uh, no, like not, you said, not completely I, neither for me. I, I don't buy that neither, but I, I think some of it in a way is like kind of an illusion that's in front of us. Oh yeah, it, it can be, it can be an illusion. Something can be, uh, illusionary you know so do you think that these uh these type of experiences as well as ghosts and uaps and all of that are, are all part and parcel of the, the psi phenomenon i think it's all connected it's all part of the unknown that's what draws me to it uh and there's an answer for all of it and it's all you know i'm sure there everything is there's got to be an answer for right so we scratch our head and we don't. We wonder, well, how does this happen? And I've delved, you know, I've I've delved into the ghost topic many, many times 
with many different people. I'm kind of not as interested in that as much, you know, uh, but I do believe that it's all part of this big universe that we don't understand and a multiverse perhaps and these other dimensions and these other places where beings exist and it's all part of creation would be my answer to that. Why is it you think that ghosts are not your deal? I mean, that, that would be the other another dimension, right? Yeah, it, it's just that I've, I've done enough on that. You know, I, if somebody were to tell me a ghost story, I'd talk about it. But, you know, I'm more interested in stuff. We kind of know ghosts are real. Most people believe that. Most people have, a lot of people have seen them. There are things mm -hmm. they don't believe, like UFOs or Sasquatch or the man-wolf and all these other creatures that are out there. And so... I just think those are connected to part of a bigger picture, whereas a lot of times a spirit could be just left over, you know, hasn't moved on. That's part of a life cycle. Mm. So, yeah, it's all Maybe. interesting. Go ahead. It's all interesting, but some things now seem to grab my interest more than others. Right. So, TJ, give us uh, the URL again where people can go to hear your podcast out there. Yeah, it's real easy if you go to outthere.podbean.com and do not type in the W's because I don't think it'll take you there for some reason. So just <laughs> outthere.podbean.com. Podbean. Yes, sir. P-O-D-B-E-A-N. P-O-D-B-E-A-N. I had never heard of that before, but okay, outthere.podbean. And you have more, all your shows are archived, right? Yes, sir. Anytime, just like your shows, you've got a bazillion of them. And I've got quite a few, so many different okay. topics. TJ Ryan, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, David. I hope we can do it again. Anytime.